Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, Believers Church, welcome to the kingdom. Lesson four, our fourth and final lesson. I have been ramping this lesson up the whole series, and I am so excited about it. We're going to have some fun. Hey, before I go any further, I want to welcome all the men at TCI Correctional Facility. Guys, we're so excited that our video and our service is getting into you. I want to welcome all of Believers who's watching online. Hey, the first weekend in January, we should be back live, so I'm really excited about that. We have a really special lesson planned. But if you're from the Borman campus, we love you, welcome. Warren campus, love you, welcome. And guys, again, I am so excited about this lesson. I titled it Kingdom Plans, and we're going to talk about the plans of God for this world. And this is designed to bring peace, like you've never experienced it before when it comes to world events. So we're gonna have a blast. Now, before I open up, I just want to uh, deal with something. I want to ask you to do me a huge favor, okay? Um, this is the most difficult time in the history of pastoring that there's ever been. And it's not because of 2020. It's not because of COVID-19. It's because of social media. And here's what I mean by that. There are so many voices out there that a guy like me, I pastor a local church in the valley here, and so many of my pastor friends have been watching this series. We're just pastors, right? And there are so many other voices teaching things a little differently than we do in certain areas, and that's okay. I always want you to listen to whoever, but there are some voices out there when we get to a subject like this, they're going to teach it way different, and I'm okay with that. I just wanna ask you to do me a favor. I wanna ask you to pray and say, God, if Pastor Joe's right, show me. And if Pastor Joe's wrong, show me and show Pastor Joe. And pray this way too, if the other person I'm listening to is correct, show me. And if they're not correct, show me. I wanna ask you to be kind to me, not to talk bad about me, and just say, well, Pastor Joe might believe that a little different. Here's what I know. There are different camps in Christianity, right? So there's a camp called the Kingdom Camp. And the guys and girls that are part of the kingdom camp, they believe, this is a core belief, that the church has to take over politics, Hollywood, business, and Jesus will not come back until we take over all those things. I don't see that in the New Testament. And you can understand, if you believe that, it's going to impact how you interpret every scripture in the Bible. There's another camp out there called the prophetic camp. And in the prophetic camp, they believe New Testament prophets are identical to Old Testament prophets, so they're gonna interpret scriptures way differently and give way more emphasis to a prophet than Jesus did or than Paul did and so on and so forth. So I'm not gonna name names. I remember when I was a young Christian, I had a pastor, my first pastor, he would always say, uh, and this had to do with the radio because back then all the preachers were on the radio. He'd say, don't listen to so-and-so, they're not of God, their doctrine's bad. And, I will never do that, but here's what I'm asking you to do. Show me respect. If I say something that's different than what you're hearing, say maybe Pastor Joe could be right. I don't know everything, but just say, God, show me, show me. And if you do me that favor, I, I am convinced. God will get it through to me, he'll get it through to you. But to me, this is one of the most liberating messages I have ever, ever taught. So I'm gonna open with a Joe story. A little over a decade ago, 
I was a very average chess player. And guess what? I still am. But I heard there was a guy in our church that was one level under grandmaster for chess. And those guys that are grandmasters at playing chess, they, they can literally plan eight moves ahead on a chess board. So I found this guy and I asked him, I said, would you mentor me and help me play chess at a higher level? And he said this, he said, if you mentor me spiritually, I'll mentor you in chess. So we got together, I said, I'll buy the coffee. And he worked with me and he worked with me and then I would play him and he would kill me. And then he would say, don't you see this coming? I go, I don't see it coming. And then I would practice on a, and play the computer and I'd have to place it on easy and I still couldn't beat the computer on easy. And so finally I came to realization that the way God created my mind, I'm terrible at chess. I'm good at some other strat strategy games, but I can't see that many moves ahead. I'm too focused and individual. So I'm so focused, that makes me good at some things, but it makes me terrible at chess. And I had to give it up. Now you might say, why are you sharing this story? Well, guys, you can take the grandmaster of all grandmasters here on planet Earth, and maybe they can see and plan eight moves ahead. But you know what we're gonna talk about in this lesson? We're gonna talk about God and God is brighter than any grandmaster, and God literally can control and see world events thousands and thousands of years out. And the Bible teaches us that he is controlling world events. And that brought incredible peace to my life. Now it also answered some questions, but it, it raised other questions. So that's crazy, isn't it? And, and so God answered some questions, but then I had a bunch more. And here's what I like about that. If I could figure God out, he wouldn't be God. And if you could figure God out, he wouldn't be God. So it brought me to a place of peace. Someday when we arrive in heaven, God will allow us to use all of our brain and we'll understand some things. So here's my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this, guys. It's really simple. God controls world events to bring about his intent. And he literally is the grand chess master up there controlling world events. And I want you to walk out today understanding that more clearly than ever. So here's a cool Bible story. Uh, Daniel was taken captive. He was a Jewish boy. He was taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar and, and, and the nation of Babylon. And so the Jews were taken captive. He was so wise that God made him, gave him this great wisdom that he became one of the wise men for the king. And so life goes on, he's being trained, and then the king has this crazy dream and he can't interpret it and it scares the heebie-jeebies out of him. So he goes to all of his wise men, he has a bunch, and he says, guys, I dreamed this crazy dream, here's what I want. I want you to tell me what I dreamed and then tell me what it means. He wasn't even gonna share the dream with him. And he said, and if you can, I'm gonna put you to death. How many of you would like a boss like that, right? So Daniel prayed, he said, God, Show me the dream and interpret it for me. And God did. And I want you to see what Daniel said when it happened. This is Daniel 2 and verse 19. And that night in a vision, God told Daniel what the king had dreamed. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven saying, blessed be the name of God forever and ever for he alone has all wisdom and all power. Listen to the very next verse, it's powerful. Verse 21, world events are under his control. He removes kings and sets others on their thrones. 
he removes presidents and sets others on their thrones or their position of authority. He gives wise men their wisdom and scholars their intelligence. And we're interested in the first part of this and I wanna read it again, you ready? World events are under God's control. He removes kings or presidents. He sets others in their thrones. And that was part of the vision that God showed Nebuchadnezzar and he was showing him kings that were gonna come in the future. It's pretty cool. God's playing chess a thousand years out, right? A couple thousand years out. That's amazing, but that's God. And that's why I want us to walk out understanding God controls world events to bring about his intent. Now, in 2019, I did a series titled um, Sovereignty, and we had a lot of fun with it. And we learned this about God. God's promises are sovereign, which means they're his, his will. So let's give you an example. God promised that he would supply all your needs according to his resources. That's in Philippians chapter four. And so uh, God, God is saying, it doesn't matter if you're living in 2020, it doesn't matter if COVID-19 is happening. He says, I will supply all your needs. Well, that's the sovereign will of God. And we discovered that God swore by himself that he would bring that promise to pass in your life. So the sovereignty of God means if God promised it, he will do it. But, but here's what we wanna get, the point we wanna get to. God didn't tell us who the next president will be. He didn't tell us uh, what he's gonna do in politics. It, he doesn't say. Now you might say, well, the prophets prophesied. And sometimes they, they do a good job. Sometimes they make mistakes. That's why the Bible says that we need to judge prophecies. And I'm gonna show you as we go down in this lesson where Old Testament prophets also allowed their emotions to become involved and they made a mistake. And hey, I hope the prophets are always right because they prophesy good things, right? So I'm, I'm all for it. But when it comes to what God's gonna do on the planet, he typically doesn't show anybody. He just does it. And he surely doesn't show the majority of us, right? So it made me think about the Our, our Father. How did Jesus teach us to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen to this, thy kingdom come. That, that's the basically Jesus come back to earth, set up your kingdom. We're waiting for that, aren't we? Right now we're helping him expand it. And then what's the very next thing God says to pray? Jesus said to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a chess player move if I've ever heard one. What is God saying? He's saying, I know what I want. I know who I need. I know why I need them at this time. They're not always the best people. They don't always have the most character. Sometimes they're playing out ungodly, but God said, here's what you and I need to do. We need to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the chess player. He, he's got it out for thousands of years, guys. So when I was a young man, I became very angry with God. I'll go back just a couple decades. Here at Believers, I've been pastoring here for over 37 years. Um, we, we had hundreds of people praying every week for the election. And we all kind of leaned towards a, a certain individual wanting them to win. So we're praying our hearts out and praying our hearts out. And then the person we didn't want to win won. And I thought the world was over. And I was really mad at God. I was. I'm like, God, how could you let this guy get in? He doesn't have any character. He's this, he's that. He's gonna put liberal Supreme Court justices in. The world's gonna come to an end, God. And I was just upset. And that's when God made this real to me. And that's when God asked me a question. He said, are you God, Joe? 
I said, no. He said, do you think you prayed enough? I said, yeah. He said, do you think maybe I put this guy in because I wanted him in? But how could you do it, God? He's flawed here and he's flawed there. Well, then I began to notice in the Bible, God has done that a lot, right? And he's playing the long game. He's the chess master of the universe. And who knows what he's gonna do two years from now? Who knows what he's gonna do four years from now? Who knows if what's happened now is going to turn things around for the good? We don't know, but here's what we do know. God's in control. So I had a thought, an idea to help you understand this more clearly. And I wanted to mention names and I had a couple people close to me say, don't mention any names. Then I had some other people close to me saying, yeah, go for it. So I had to pray <laughs> and, and I felt really good about mentioning the names. So I'm gonna go back and look at presidents in my lifetime for one purpose. And what if in God's playing chess with world events, what if he looks at this and he wants somebody in with certain beliefs? And, and here's what I wanna look at. We have presidents that have one of two beliefs, every president, they're either globalist or anti-globalist. So when a president is globalist, that means he is wanting a one world government. He's okay with shipping our jobs out. He's okay with America not being the greatest military. Uh, they're okay with that because they, they want a one world government that has multiple nations in control. So I wanna ask you a question and I'm gonna show you the answer here in a couple minutes, but what is God's end game? Well, he wants a big revival. I believe he's gonna take the church out. And then this guy called the Antichrist is gonna be revealed, right? That's one world government. You know, the Bible teaches that the whole world will bow to him. Every nation will surrender to him, their power and he will rule the world. It's kind of like the Tower of Babel. Remember when God confused all the languages? Why did he do that? He said, if everybody's talking the same language, the devil's gonna get in and this is gonna come too early and I want you to be born and come to Jesus. So he said, we gotta slow this down, confuse the languages. Now guys, we're coming back to a point where the world's moving towards this one world government. So that's what globalism is. Anti-globalism is, hey man, America needs to stand alone. America needs to be strong. So let's just go through some presidents. Jimmy Carter, I can remember back to Jimmy Carter. And Jimmy Carter, Democrat, he was a globalist. So he took our country this way. Here's the one world government. He brought us up. Then this guy won, Ronald Reagan, and he was an anti-globalist. So we're here, but he gets in and he's like, America's the most important. Uh, we gotta close our border off and make sure you know, everybody's protected here and we wanna bring jobs back. And so what does he do? He takes us away from that one world government mentality, right? But then George H. Bush, his vice president wins and he's a globalist. So isn't that interesting? Uh, different sides of the aisle, right? He's different side of the aisle than Jimmy Carter, but he's a globalist and he starts itching us, inching us up this way. He was only in for four years, probably for two reasons. He said he wouldn't raise taxes and he did. And then uh, he also did not like Israel and that could have been a reason he didn't win. But guess who won? Bill Clinton, super charismatic, right? And so George was taking us up here and Bill Clinton, he's a globalist. So he's like, bear, bear, bear. he's bringing us closer, right? Then George W. Bush, the son of George H. Bush wins. and. 
Clinton's a Democrat, he's a Republican, but guess what? They have the same worldview. George W. Bush was a globalist, so he's taking us closer than President Obama won. And I was so excited to see a black president voted in, right? I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. But guess what? He was a globalist, so Democrat, Republican. Not saying any of these guys are bad, but he's like, ar, 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 one world government, right? Uh, let's open up our arms and we shouldn't be the most powerful nation. That's a globalist. Not saying they're bad or good, that's one view. And then the world was shocked and Donald Trump won, right? Whether you love him or hate him, he's rough on the edges, isn't he? Um, he's an anti-globalist like Reagan. So what does he do? Puts the brakes on and he, make America great again. And he takes us away from that one world government. And I don't know, there's some legal things going on. I don't know if Joe Biden's gonna be our president. President Trump's gonna get in again. I know everybody has a different form of view. Please, no matter what I believe, God's gonna do what he wants. So don't worry, I'm not gonna hurt God. You know, he's controlling everything. But if Biden becomes president, He's a globalist, so boom, 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 boom. We're gonna come up closer, but I don't know who's gonna be there in four years. I have no idea. Here's what, here's what I, all I wanna ask you. I'm not trying to say one guy's bad, one guy's good. What if that's one of the things that God looks at as he's playing chess? America's the most powerful nation on the world, in the world, and so what if God says, I have to get America to inch this way? It's possible. I bet you there's other factors too. My, I have a pea brain compared to God, so I don't know for sure, but you know what that does here? That relaxes me. God's in control. God controls world events to bring about his intent. So I wanna help you see four things, you ready? The first one is really important, really, really important. And, and here it is, it goes like this. The church is called to preserve, love, and rescue the world. It doesn't matter who the president is. And no matter who the president is, they can't stop us. We're gonna have some presidents, guys, in the future that don't like the church. But it doesn't matter who they are. The Bible says where sin abounds, God's grace abounds all the more. And this revival is going to come, and so I don't want you to walk out of here negative at all. But listen to this. What is, what is the reason we're here to preserve? We're the salt of the earth, uh, to love. We're the light of the world, and then to rescue to expand God's kingdom by bringing people to God. And it, it's very important, guys, very important that we don't become so disheartened as we listen to cable news and now we have live stream news, right? Even a little more conservative. Would you please listen to me very carefully as your pastor? Those guys don't have hope in Jesus. The vast majority of them aren't looking at world events through the eyes of the Bible. They don't have hope that Jesus is coming back. And so they're catastrophic in their beliefs. You know, I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying they have no hope. And so you and I have to look at world events through the eyes of Jesus. And we want to make sure we're not sidetracked and we begin to become so much in the flesh that we want to fight everything. And we realize, you know what, I'm going to pray my heart out. You know what else? God said, whoever's the president, whoever's the top leader, he said, pray, pray for them so that you might live a peaceful life. So our prayers can maneuver. We can get, we can get through our prayers some things to happen that maybe would never happen. So we wanna be praying more now than we've ever prayed and we wanna be doing that in the future. So we have to remember what the church is called to do. Here's the second point. We must understand God's end game. 
and this is really important. I've already mentioned it. There's going to be an Antichrist. Do you know the Bible teaches that he will control all nations and every nation will bow to him and they'll take a mark and you can't buy or sell. You have to worship him. Even China will do that. They'll rebel at the end, but every nation will submit to him because he's gonna have a supernatural element to him. And listen to some scriptures, Revelation 17, 15. Then it, the angel said to me, the waters you saw where the, where the prostitute, that's the false church, sits, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. Verse 16, the beast, that's the Antichrist in chapter 17. And the 10 horns, these are the 10 presidents that give their kingdom up to the Antichrist, so they're his closest allies, will hate the prostitute, the false church. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire. The false church will crucify or come against or persecute the real Christians. But the enemy is going to turn on them too. The devil will turn on them. But I'm setting you up for what I want you to see next. Listen to verse 17. For God has put it in their hearts. That's the 10 nations. He has put it in their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to hand over to the beast, the Antichrist, their royal authority. They're going to say, we will allow you to control our nations until God's words are fulfilled. I think this is God playing chess at the highest level. Look at, God has put it in their hearts to accomplish his purpose. I mean, God, the Bible says, God holds the heart of the king in his hand and he can make it go any direction he wants. And when the time comes for everything to come together, this is God's end game. He's gonna allow one world leader to punish the world. He's gonna bring vengeance on the world. And guys, guess what the Bible teaches that you and I are not going to be under that wrath and I'm convinced the rapture will come. Listen, listen to how it's said in this epistle, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2.7. As for the work of this man of rebellion and, and hell, that's the Antichrist, uh, will do when he comes, it is already going on. So that spirit's in the world of globalism, you know, it's all there. Um, but he himself will not come until the one who is holding him back steps out of the way. So some people believe that's the church being raptured. It very well could be. Some believe it's an angel. It doesn't matter if it's an angel, the church is still going up, right? So it doesn't matter. But something's stopping him. He's just not allowed to be revealed yet, but there will come a day when God says, all right, all right, we're ready. I've got everybody where I want them. The ponds are where they, they should be. I gave this brook or up, I gave, or rook, I gave this up. Okay, cool. I let the queen be captured. Cool. Now it's time. Listen to verse eight. Then this wicked one will appear whom the Lord Jesus will burn up with the breath of his mouth and destroy by his presence when he returns. I like that. That's pretty cool. He's, he's giving us hope. He's saying, don't worry, I'm going to take this guy down. And then listen to verse nine. This man of sin will come as Satan's tool, full of satanic power, and will trick everyone with strange demonstrations and will do great miracles. So he's gonna do all these supernatural things. Verse 10, he will completely fool those who are on their way to hell because they have said no to the truth. That's Jesus is the only way to heaven. They have refused to believe it and love it and let it save them. Verse 11, so God will allow them to believe lies with all their hearts. That's where God's taken the world. There's seven years where he will punish the world. I'm convinced the church won't be here, but that spirit's in the world, guys, and that's God's end game and it's happening and he's just maneuvering. And again, I don't know if he's gonna go the opposite direction. I have no idea, but I'm confident 
God controls world events to bring about his intent. And I have peace and I'm gonna pray my heart out. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, God, whatever you want. And then God's gonna do, and nobody's gonna stop him from doing what he wants. Here's the third point, most powerful of all. Ready? God uses good and bad leaders to bring his plan to pass. That's where I got messed up a couple decades ago. It's like, God, how could you put someone in that's, that's not pro-life? How can you let them win the presidency? We prayed our heart out, God, how can you let this be? Or uh, God, they're gonna pack the Supreme Court with liberal justices and God, we don't want our country to go that way. And I'm like, God, why did you do that? And then God had to open my eyes up to, hey, Joe, are you God? No, no, no. I'm your kid, yeah, you're my kid and you have a pea brain, so relax, Joe, okay? And, and it's like, all right, Joe, I, I have big plans. They go, I'm seeing down the road hundreds of years, thousands of years, so relax. And in history, God's used some crazy leaders, but he used them to do what he wanted done at the time. He's playing chess with world events. And so listen to this, Habakkuk chapter one, verse five. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. So Habakkuk setting Israel up and saying, guys, God's about to do something that's gonna blow your gaskets. What's he gonna do? Is he gonna heal everybody? <laughs> not that he wouldn't do that, but what's he gonna do? He's gonna give us all a million dollars. What's he gonna do? Listen to verse six. I am raising up the Babylonians that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize uh, dwellings, not their own. So they were terrible people. They became a dynasty. They became a world power. And guess what? God said, I'm raising them up. He wanted to use them to do a couple things. Isn't that crazy? And, and so Jeremiah talks about it. Listen to Jeremiah 27, five. With great power and, and outstretched arm, I made the earth and its people and the animals that are on it and I give it to anyone I please. So Jeremiah is a prophet, he's speaking for God, made the Bible so we know it's, he's a good prophet, right? Accurate. So God's saying, hey, I'm in complete control. Isn't that what that verse says? Take a look at it on your screen. I'm in complete control. And then he says in verse six, now I will give all your countries, he's speaking to Israel and, and their allies. They had allies. He said, I'm gonna give all your countries into the hands of my servant, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Isn't that crazy? He's a bad guy, God. And God says, no, I, I, he's my chess piece. And he actually was going to punish Israel for disobeying him. That's why this was happening. And they were going to be taken captive like he promised them in the law. And, and he goes on to say, I will make even the wild animals subject to him, subject to him. All nations will serve him and his son and his grandson until the time of this land comes. So now God's going out three generations. He says, Nebuchadnezzar will be king, his son will be king, his grandson will be king, and, and they are gonna dominate the world during that span. But then he says, then many nations and great kings will subjugate him. And he says, they're gonna be taken down by other nations. God's just playing chess. And guys, as didn't I say earlier, we answer some questions and we raise more? Our minds will never fully understand but we can understand one thing, God is sovereign and he's in control of world events and he's playing chess with world events. God controls world events to bring about his intent. You know what that did for me 20 years ago? You know what that's doing for me right now? 
I'm at peace and I'm gonna keep praying my heart out. I keep praying, Lord, if anybody cheated, let it be revealed, right? Shouldn't we pray that way? But you know, if God doesn't want it revealed because he wants a certain thing to happen, it won't be revealed. And I don't, I don't wanna carry the weight of the world on my shoulder. I have a God who's playing chess with world events and so do you, and I can rest. So this caused some trouble. The other prophets of Israel came against Jeremiah and said, you're missing it, you're wrong, God would never do this. And so here's what God said through Jeremiah, verse nine, same chapter. So do not listen to your prophets, isn't that crazy? Jeremiah, God speaking through one prophet saying, don't listen to all the other prophets. You're diviners, you're interpreters of dreams, you're mediums or you're sorcerers. So diviners, mediums and sorcerers are not of God, but Israel had backslidden. So two are of God, prophets and interpreters of dreams. And so God says, don't listen to them who tell you, listen, listen to what they're saying. You will not serve the king of Babylon. They prophesy lies to you. Isn't that amazing? So are these bad guys, these prophets and these uh, interpreters of dreams? No, but you know what happened? They, they, they knew parts of the Bible and they said, there's no way, no one can take Israel down because God is our God and if God be for us, who can be against us? So they're just taking one little part of the Bible and they can't filter through their emotional system that this might be what God's doing, right? And so today prophets can be right on, they can miss it, they can be caught up in their emotions. I can tell you this, I've been a charismatic my entire Christian life, over 40 years, and I prophesied a few things out of my emotions. My, emotion, my emotions caused me to prophesy what I wanted to see and it didn't happen. And you know what I had to do? <clears throat> I had to say, you know what? I messed up. And there's a prophet out of Bethel who's already said, he's apologized. He said, you know what, I messed up. My emotions became involved. And I hope they're right. <clears throat> Let me tell you, I hope they're right. So guys, I'm gonna walk out of this with something really positive. You ready? Your future in God's revealed kingdom. All right, God's playing chess. God controls world events to bring about his intent. Jojo's at peace. Pastor Jojo, I'm at peace, guys. God's in control. I haven't stopped praying. I'm gonna pray my heart out. But if whatever God wants is going to happen, right? And I don't have to carry the weight of the whole world on my shoulders. I don't have to, you don't have to. But it's important to remind ourselves where we're headed. You ready for something really exciting? I, I can't wait till we come back live because we'd be going crazy right now. Uh, but you can go crazy wherever you're at. L listen to Daniel 7 verse nine. I watched as thrones were put in place and the ancient of days, the almighty God, this is the father, God the father, sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair like white as wool. He sat upon a fiery throne brought, brought in on flaming wheels. And verse 10, and a river of fire flowed before him. Millions of angels ministered to him and hundreds of millions of people stood before him waiting to be judged. Then the court began its session and the books were open. We see this happening in Revelation too. Listen, listen to the next verse, verse 11. As I watched the brutal fourth beast, that's the Antichrist, the brutal fourth animal was killed and its body handed over to be burned because of its arrogance against Almighty God and the boasting of its little horn. That's the Antichrist is the little horn. Guys, that's his end. 
Is God going to allow him to come on the scene? Yeah, yeah, he is. Is the world heading towards it? Yeah, yeah, it is. But that's his end. Listen to this next verse, verse 13. Next, I saw the arrival of a man, so, or so he seemed to be. This is Jesus now in the Old Testament. And, and it says, brought there on clouds from heaven, he approached the Ancient of Days. So Jesus, God the Son, is approaching God the Father and was presented to him. Listen to verse 14. He was given the ruling power and glory over all the nations of the world. We talked about that in lesson one, right? So that all people of every language must obey him. His power is eternal. It will never end. His government shall never fall. That day's coming. But take a look. Daniel, Daniel was a little confused. So, so listen to the next verse. I was confused and disturbed by all I had seen, Daniel wrote in his report. So I approached one of those standing beside the throne and asked him the meaning of all these things, probably an angel, and he explained them to me. And I love what's said next. You ready? Ready? If we were in church, we'd be saying, you know, when I say go crazy, I just mean we get excited. Yay, God, right? Okay, listen to verse 17. These four huge animals, he said, represents four kings who will someday rule the earth. The fourth is the Antichrist. So God's playing chess. He's playing thousands of years out. But in the end, the people of the Most High God shall rule the governments of the world forever and ever. Now he's painting the picture that every one of us that accept Christ, everybody in the Old Testament that looked towards Christ and believed that he was coming, and all of us Christians, we're gonna end up ruling the earth with Jesus. That's where we're headed. And so sometimes we get so focused on what's going on now, and all we need to do to understand the now is understand, hey, this is where God's taken it. We prayed our hearts out, but we don't know. It might go over here next time and, and be good. It might go somewhere else. We don't know, but it doesn't matter because God's called us to preserve, to love, and to rescue the world. I trust I made some sense, and I really believe God wants to pray some peace into us. So can we close our eyes, bow our heads? Can we pray right now, guys? And here's what I'm asking you to do. As you just pray before the Lord, I want you to just open up your heart. And Lord, here's my prayer. I ask you to bring peace to every believer. And what we don't understand, Lord, we ask you to help us see if it's possible in our, with our brains. But Lord, most importantly, I ask you to bring peace to every one of us. And Lord, make it real to each and every one of us that you are controlling world events. And no matter what happens, you will never leave us nor forsake us, you're God. You'll walk us through anything, but Lord, you have an end game and in the future we'll rule with you. So help us see it so we can walk in peace, Lord God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, Father, I pray that you would open up our eyes to the truth, whatever that is. We just wanna know the truth, Lord, and we thank you for doing that. And guys, can we stay in an attitude of prayer? You're in your homes or visitors, people that just joined us and this answers so many questions that they had kingdom plans. God's in control. We can relax. We don't have to carry the weight of the world. We don't have to get our guns and go out and, you know, beat the world up. But maybe you're listening and you're not sure of your forever. Did you notice what the Bible said? There are some folks that are going to reject Jesus and then they're going to be subjected to that lie. I don't want that to be you. And I really believe you're listening because God wants to save you. 
That's why Jesus, God the Son, took a human body on. That's why he died on a cross. And he spent three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and then God raised him from the dead. And Jesus is alive. And Jesus has declared, whoever believes in me, I will save them. So if you're listening, you say, you know, I can't remember a day in my life where I did that. You might have grew up in church, you might have been water baptized as a baby and an adult, all good things. But you say, I can't remember that. Or maybe you, you came on, someone invited you, and you didn't even know if God existed, but right now God's touching your heart and opening up your eyes. He's God. He's, he's wanting to give you life and wash your sins away. So if you're listening and that's you, would you pray with me right now? Just mean this. And only God can make you want to pray it. Say this with me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born a sinner. In this moment right now, I repent of all my sins. And I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You always existed. You came to earth and took on a human body and God raised you up out of the grave. And I believe you're the giver of life. I believe you're the forgiver of sins. And this day, this moment in time, I accept you as my savior. I bow my heart to you. I declare you are Lord of my life. And I make a decision to follow you, Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, miracles have just happened in your life. You may not have felt it, but it did happen. You know what else is happening? The Bible teaches us if one person prays that prayer on planet Earth, that all of heaven begins to celebrate God the Father, God the Son, they're all happy because you have become one of God's children. We're happy here at Believers too. We actually wanna send you a gift. It's a brand new Bible. It's a Bible for new Christians. And all you have to do is text the word believe to the number on the screen. And if you text the word believe to the number on the screen, we will send you this free gift. It's our way of saying congratulations. And all of us are celebrating right now because you have accepted Christ. And I look forward to meeting you in the future. And Pastor Joe Jr. and Aaron over in Borman, if you're closer to Borman, they look forward to meeting you in the future. Guys, I've had a blast. Some of you may need to listen to this a couple times. God bless you. And next week, Christmas at BC, it's going to be amazing. Have a beautiful week. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.